Dean and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here. Coming up in just a moment, U.S. Senate candidate in Minnesota, Jason Lewis, is going to be joining us. He's doing a reopen Minnesota tour. He was in Moorhead today. He's been traveling all over the state. You can see the video here. A bunch of outstanding freedom fighters. Freedom fighters in Minnesota. They were in Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz's residence earlier today because as many of you out there that watch the show, you call, let us know, you just, you just want to reopen Minnesota. You want Minnesota liberated, right? So stay with us. We've got a great conversation coming up about that. We start here tonight, though, because I'm going to talk to Jason Lewis about this as well. And if you're on social media at all, by now you've seen or at least heard of the term hashtag Obamagate, right? President Trump's been tweeting, tweeting about it a bunch as of late. And especially since now we are beginning to see the truth. And this is what President Trump told me when I interviewed him back in September of 2018. He said, look, the Obama DOJ, the Justice Department, was the most corrupt Justice Department, he said, in the history of our country. So we're starting to see some of that corruption come to light now. So many times here on Point of View, we've talked about, look, let's just make Lady Justice blind again. That's all we want. Just make Lady Justice blind again. So as you know, if you've been watching the show now for a while, we also have been calling on GOP senators because they apparently are in control of the Senate. We probably wouldn't know that by what's not being done. Also, Senator Lindsey Graham, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, um, we've been calling on all of them right now. Say, hey, bring these people in, hold some hearings, shine some light on this Russia hoax. In fact, yesterday, I said this on Twitter, if we can bring this up, please. I said, hey, where's the GOP Senate committee hearings to shine some light on this corruption? What is the GOP Senate and Senator Lindsey Graham doing get to work. That was yesterday. Then today, President Trump tweeted this out. He said, hey, if I were a senator or congressman, the first person I would want to call to testify about the biggest political crime and scandal in the history of the USA by far is former President Obama. He knew everything. Do it, Lindsey Graham. Just do it. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. No more talk. Amen to that. Thank you, President Trump, for calling out Lindsey Graham to finally start getting something done with the GOP Senate that apparently the GOP leads. Lindsey Graham now for a very long time has been saying, hey, I'm going to do these hearings. I'm going to bring. Remember when he told us this? This was during the Kavanaugh hearings. He was going to get to the bottom of who had the Christie Blasey Ford letter because many people said it was from Senator Dianne Feinstein. Yeah, where's that hearing? Nowhere to be found. So let's free Flynn and let's make Lady Justice blind again. I want to touch on something here for a moment because many of you have been reaching out to me about this particular topic, and we're going to do a story on this. We're getting more information for you, but I just want to bring it to your attention quickly tonight. Uh, we can bring this graphic up. I, I, I saw this, I think it was late last night, early this morning, then I just tweeted this out, but the first district health unit director, this is out of Minot, okay, listen closely, folks. Lisa Clute or Clutie says she was having some issues with people complying with the contact tracing. So when they call them up and saying, hey, where you been? Who you been in contact with? Um, they didn't want to comply with that because in the United States of America, we have a right to privacy. So what she is reminding the people of North Dakota of, and just bring this up one more time real quickly, please, Zach, but that if you do not comply, if you do not comply with the contract tracing orders, she says that she can then cite you, potentially put you in jail for 30 days, and charge you with a $1,500 fine. So if you do not comply, you could be cited for a $1,500 fine and spend 30 days in 
jail. Would love to know your point of view on that because a lot of you have been reaching out to me and saying, hey, Berg, what in the world is going on here? So we'll have more on that for you very, very soon. All right, as we mentioned at the top of the show earlier today, Minnesota Governor Wallace, Tim residents, there were more freedom fighters in Minnesota because you just want to reopen Minnesota. That's it. So last night we touched on it briefly that uh, Minnesota Governor Tim Wallace is, he's turned the dial, as he says, but I mean, just barely. He, he changed the stay-at-home order. He now moved it to call a stay-safe order, if you will. Doesn't really do much. Keeps all the restaurants and bars essentially closed. Retails at 50% open. He still says, hey, if you want to hold a faith service, whether it's uh, an imam or at a, at a church or a synagogue, you still have to have 10 or fewer people. Last time I checked in the First Amendment, we have a freedom to practice religion. So apparently the U.S. Constitution doesn't really mean much in Minnesota as of right now. But here's the thing. We can open. I want to be clear about this because a lot of you are contacting the show about it. We can open up Minnesota again. Okay, we can save lives and we can save livelihoods. And the best part about all this is that the, the data actually shows this is true as long as, as long as we protect the elderly and the most vulnerable, the people with underlying conditions. Let me show you what I'm talking about specifically. This is Tom Hauser. He's a reporter out of the Twin Cities. He tweeted this out earlier today. It says, according to the Minnesota Department of Health, listen to this closely, 98.8% of Minnesotans who have died from COVID-19 had other significant underlying health conditions. It was 99.24% two weeks ago. In that group are the residents of long-term care who account for 81%, 81% of the deaths. So he goes on to say, so far, six people had no known underlying health conditions. So out of the total number of 663 deaths right now in Minnesota that are COVID-related, six of them, six of them. Now, one is too many, but again, data, facts, not fear, right? Less than 1% did not, did not have an underlying condition when it came to a COVID-related death. As he said there a moment ago, 81% of the deaths are people in long-term health facilities. So what's stunning to me is that, well, let's just take care of those people. Let's make sure we protect them. But at the same time, point in time, and this was the last time we had Jason Lewis on the show, he talked about it. This is the first time in the history of our country that we were actually quarantining healthy people. So joining us now on the 702 Communications Line is U.S. Senate candidate in Minnesota, Jason Lewis, with his Reopen Minnesota tour that he's doing. I think he's in Bemidji right now, but you were in Moorhead earlier today, Jason. I don't know uh, if you caught the top of the show, but there were more freedom fighters at Governor Walz's residence today. As you've been taking your tour, and more specifically yeah. here in our area in western Minnesota, what are the freedom fighters of Minnesota saying to you? Well, the Governor Walz can't fool them. This was a... Uh, a difference without a distinction when it came to this revision yesterday. You can open up non-critical businesses, a few small firms that don't cater to public accommodations, like you say, restaurants, bars, salons, but those are only open at 50% capacity. Um, the retail industry is still getting it. Uh, really, they're really, they're in real trouble. And people understand that this is just a continuation of this one-size-fits-all lockdown that you were talking about, Chris, and we talked about about the last time I was on the show, most of the people are elderly in congregated living facilities, have underlying conditions. And yet in the president's phase one guidelines to reopen states, governors have the option to implement a reopening county by county. And yet Walls doesn't choose to do that. He wants one statewide edict for all. And I can tell you in Moorhead today, it's a whole lot different than Hennepin and Ramsey County, where you have the bulk of the cases. So this is, as I suspected, just one more reason to expand power. There is no pandemic or public health uh, exception to the Bill of Rights. 
And so when you're talking about taking away the privileges and immunities guaranteed in the 14th Amendment to everybody in every state from people, the inability, you, you can go outside, but you have to maintain social distancing. Uh, you can have a gathering, but not more than 10 people, and you have to maintain social distancing. You have to do all of those things that people may or may not do of their own free will. If I opened a restaurant, Speakeasy Pub in, in Moorhead today, and I didn't want to go in there because they didn't have masks on, I wouldn't have to do that. People are free not to go there. But other people are willing and more than willing to go back to some sort of normalcy, given the fact that the lockdown has had a de minimis effect on this virus. And we're seeing that but, with other states, by the way. So here's what I want to ask you, because you said, hey, Chris, these freedom fighters can't be fooled by Governor Tim Walls. And I agree with that. That's why they're doing what they're doing. But my big question to you is, why are we not seeing more opportunities to go out there and fight for their freedoms? And what I mean specifically is this. We saw what happened in Wisconsin. The Supreme Court in Wisconsin said, hey, these right. executive orders are not constitutional. We've had Kentucky and Kansas say, you can't have 60 people in a Costco and then limit the amount of people in a church. I, we had the Upper Midwest Law Center on uh, earlier this week. They have filed a lawsuit against Governor Walls and A.G. Ellison. But why aren't more Minnesotans jumping on this lawsuit and going, wait a second, you cannot just squash my constitutional rights in the state? Well, it's funny you should mention that, my friend, because up until this order yesterday, I had my legal team on the campaign ready and and basically prepared a lawsuit to drop. We want to go over the order to make certain that it that nothing changes, and I don't think anything has, given the the the, the really lack of real change. The governor says, "Well, I'll have a plan May twentieth, and we'll extend this order till June one." But he didn't say it would expire on June one. We could get to Memorial Day and say, "Well, we got to extend it again." So um, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, once we get through looking at this order in great detail, you might be hearing from us and the governor in the state of Minnesota might be hearing from us. Well, I hope so, because people need to be doing more of that and saying, wait a second, can I just squash my constitutional rights? So um, we've got this great new tool on our website, Jason, where now people can submit questions via video. We had there was a person down awesome. at the um, uh, protest today, one of the freedom fighters, and they had a question for you. So I want to play that for you sure. and then give you a chance to answer. Jason Lewis, I voted for you and you represented my district and you're now you're running for the Senate seat. <laughs> right now, I want to know where all the politicians are that support this state, why they are not here representing us and helping us and trying to convince Governor Walls what is best for us and not for him. Well, a lot of people yes. in the background. Your reaction, sir? And uh, it's a great question. It just so happens the last protest of the governor's mansion. Guess who showed up? <laughs> You're looking at him. <laughs> so we you know, look. Morehead. Morehead's pretty darn important. Northwest Minnesota is pretty darn important. The valley's pretty important. So we were up here today uh, instead of at that particular protest. But I was there at the last one, and frankly, took a little heat from it uh, with from our friends in the mainstream press um, because that was a week and a half or two weeks ago. But that's about the time we decided to go on tour and this reopened Minnesota tour in which we are embarked because enough is enough. We spoke with resort owners in the Brainerd Lakes area last week. They said if we don't get something by Memorial Day, it's not a bad quarter. It's not a bad season. We're going to go under. Spoke with hog mm. farmers down in Good Thunder and Rochester last week. Their market has absolutely collapsed because of this. Now, we know what happened to whiting oil. We know what's happening to ethanol. We know what's happening to lumber and energy. Line three is stalled. This you, you couldn't come up with a more serious calamity imposed by government edict. This is not market failure. 
This is exactly what happens when governments intervene in the extreme. That ought to be a lesson for everybody. Just I want to get your take on this. As you know, there's been a lot of issues you sort of alluded to with the pork, but in the, in the beef industry as well, uh, with what's happened with the supply chain. President Trump stepped up with the Defense Production Act. But the one thing that's missing for me, and there's been a lot of videos on social media about this, is that we're having challenges getting the beef um, out to Americans, and yet we still have beef from Africa hitting our soil. If you become the next U.S. Senator in Minnesota, what are you going to do to ensure that we put American beef first? That's exactly right. I mean, we talked about, that, about this last time I was on the show, Chris, with regard to the oil industry and putting the tariffs on Saudi Arabian oil coming in. Certainly in mining, when we import 80% of our rare earth minerals that we import are from China, 3M has to go to China and get permission to re-import masks and medical equipment they're making in China. This is exactly what President Trump tapped to in 2016 and what we're running on. So if that means some adjustments at the border, I am all for it. And it's time to put America first the way we put sugar beet farmers first. That, you know we what? have a tariff program in place to protect sugar beet farmers so it's made here yes. in Minnesota. Jason, just because of TV time, I've got about a minute, maybe a minute 15 left. I want to just say one word and then I want to get your reaction to it. Are you ready? Bison. Nope. You're, you're close, but I'm going to go a little bit better than that. Obamagate. You, you got it. I mean, this is one of the reasons when I was in the 115th Congress, Chris, I voted against reauthorizing FISA. And I was sort of a lone wolf in my party. But up at, before 1978, we did not have a secret court when it came to spying on Americans. And now we're seeing that this court just simply gave its imprimatur on a rogue intelligence apparatus that was trying to overthrow or undercut an incoming administration, overthrow the will of the people. And if Vice President Biden and Obama were involved in that, I trust Bill Barr to look into it, and this could be I mean, the I, bigger, the bigger scandal than Watergate. I totally agree with you, but what the heck is Lindsey Graham been doing? I mean, I am so frustrated with that guy sitting around talking, 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 and there's been not any hearings whatsoever to actually shine some light on the situation. So, Jason Lewis, uh, what's your website real quick, sir, if people want more information? Lewis4MN, that's L-E-W-I-S-F-O-R-M-N. We're speaking for the forgotten man and woman in greater Minnesota, so we appreciate your support. Thank you, sir, and thanks for being in Moorhead earlier today. So, Good Jason bet. Lewis, again, running for U.S. Senate candidate against uh, Senator Tina Smith. Also want to remind you, coming up next Wednesday, or this coming Wednesday, I guess I should say, we've got our Fargo City Commissioner uh, candidate form. We're going to be doing that on Facebook Live. So just go to our Facebook page that night. Again, it's Wednesday, May 20th, 7.15 p.m. We're going to have all the candidates there. You can ask them questions and interact. Should be an outstanding, outstanding event. Also